and welcome to CausePods. I'm your host, Matthew Passy. Here at CausePods, we have one simple mission, to highlight the amazing folks who are using podcasts as a way to raise awareness for good causes and make the world a better place, whether it's in their own local community or they're taking on global issues. Please visit us at causepods.org where you can learn about our guest show, their favorite charitable cause, join our Facebook group with resources for cause-based podcasters, and find a link where you yourself could be a guest here on CausePods. Again, that's all at causepods.org. All right, we're going to take you down to South Carolina, and today we are chatting with Andrew Pledger. He is the host and creator of the Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger podcast. It is a show that offers a platform for people to share their stories of abuse and religious trauma in various forms. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us here on CausePods today. Oh yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Matthew. So Andrew, this is a, a very specific platform that you are providing for people, giving them a chance to talk about their trauma and abuse and other things that might have happened as a result of cultural, religious, societal pressures. Where does this come from? Like, wh- what was the impetus for you to want to create this platform for people? Mm-hmm. Originally, why I wanted to start this was because I realized the power of a survivor sharing their story and the impact that it have. I think is very empowering to them and validates their experience. And I think, too, telling your story verbally really helps people also process a lot of trauma that they go through. And I think it's just so empowering to feel heard. And originally, it started really with an experience that I had where someone gave me the opportunity to share my story. And this happened back in January of 2022. I was interviewed by the author Joshua Harris, who wrote the book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye. It was really big in the like evangelical movement with purity culture. And he he had a lot of backlash for the book and then he retracted the book and then he claimed or came out and said he left Christianity. So it was a whole, whole big thing that happened. So after he did that, he really became dedicated to helping, I guess, get forgiveness for all the harm he did and help those who are in the deconstruction process. And one of the things he did was provide a platform on Instagram for people to share their stories. And it was called Every Story Matters. And so every week he would have someone tell their story of the religion they were in, the experiences um, they had and how that influenced the work they do now. And so I was on that show back in January and I told my story of, you know, surviving religious trauma and growing up in fundamentalist Christianity. And, you know, that was the first time for me to publicly share my story. And, you know, it really impacted me in a very positive way to be able to do that and to be able to reach his audience through that who would relate to the story. So, you know, when that happened, that interview caused me to actually be expelled from a private Christian university called Bob Jones. And, you know, since I was expelled or excommunicated out of that environment, because I had been stuck in toxic religion really my whole life, uh, it gave me the opportunity to use my voice and platform to spread awareness to religious trauma and give people a voice. So, you know, once I realized that there would be no more consequences, at least after that instance, and that I could 
use my voice and not be afraid. I use social media to bring awareness to religious trauma. And, you know, once I realized the power of people sharing stories, originally, like, I began doing an Instagram live show, but, like, with the, there were so many technical issues, I decided to tr um, transfer it into a podcast. So that's how uh, my podcast was created through that vision. Do you mind if I ask what was your trauma? Like what it, what exactly happened that um, led to all the issues that you, you faced? Yeah, so like religious trauma, it's, yeah, it is a broader term. And, you know, for people who aren't familiar with it, religious trauma is basically trauma that is experienced in a religious context. And religious trauma is synonymous with complex PTSD, so it is a very complicated thing. And so there's so many complexities to what I experienced, but I'll just generalize it because I know we have a short amount of time. For me personally, what caused the a lot of the religious trauma really was a lot of fear, shame, and guilt was used to control me from such a young age in church. And so I was really told horrific stories of hell and demons growing up by the adults around me. So I struggled a lot with like nightmares and struggling with insomnia as a child, scared of like going to hell and just having these awful nightmares. So that's really how it started. In the church I grew up in, they would teach a specific way um, for you basically to be saved, which just means that you have a ticket or a way to go to heaven. And so that's how they keep those fears down, but they really manipulate you by trying to make you doubt that you're even going to heaven. And that's how they keep you in the church. So you're always fed this constant doubt. And that's what I experienced a lot as a kid. And I think even just constantly also basically being taught to not trust yourself and to really loathe yourself. You're really taught a lot of self-hatred and self-annihilation in fundamentalist churches. And that's really what I grew up in. I grew up in a fundamentalist church. Um, they have very extreme teachings, like very strict gender roles and just very strict rules in general. Like, you know, I grew up in a church where, you know, the King James version of the Bible was the only legitimate word of God that they claimed and that anything outside of it was heresy. Like women weren't allowed to have any leadership roles in the church. Women could not wear pants. Like it's very, very strict, awful religious rules basically in this church. And so also part of the trauma too was just experiencing just internalized homophobia from all um, the hateful sermons that they would have on that subject. And I think also, and two, I was homeschooled my entire life for the purpose of being indoctrinated into fundamentalist Christianity. So every aspect of my life constantly had these very negative, hateful messaging that really, I think it impeded my intellectual, emotional, and psychological growth as a person and caused like so much developmental trauma and just trauma from religion in general. I'm sorry you went through all of that and were raised in, in such an environment. Having escaped the church, I guess, what else did you lose in that transition? Basically, I was manipulated into attending a, a Christian university. Like, you know, my parents, 
they tried to make me think that I had a choice, but it was really, I think it's what they called a double bind. It's where you have two choices, but neither choice <laughs> is desirable at all. So it's not really a choice, but it were, the choice was either to stay home or to go away to a Christian college at 18. <laughs> and neither of those situations was great at all. So I guess for me, I felt that I needed somehow to get away out of that environment and I would have to figure out how to navigate a Christian university. And I I attended Bob Jones University for three and a half years. And, you know, once I got there, it was a difficult adjustment, but I learned how to play the system and break rules and try to survive and blend in and deal with that environment. But I was expelled my last semester of my senior year. Like I was supposed to graduate back in May, but I was, yeah, I was expelled back in January. So that was really emotionally tough <laughs> uh, to be so close to graduation and then being expelled. And so that was that was hard. And I think too, it was hard navigating the relationship with my parents after that, because I had to explain to them why I got kicked out and how you know I deconverted or left their religion. That was a lot for them to handle. Uh, but thankfully I've been able to move in with a family in Greenville. And I've been in therapy since January, working through that religious trauma. And, you know, thankfully, I recently got a job. I actually, I work for the Indoctrination Podcast, which is hosted by Rachel Bernstein. And I think she's ah, been on here yeah, before. Yeah, Rachel is fantastic. Yeah, I love her. So yeah, she saw the work that I was doing on social media. And, you know, she really liked my content and you know her staff reached out to me in april and asked if i was interested in working for the podcast and i was like oh yes <laughs> oh yes so i definitely jumped at that opportunity and it's been great really like having a job that also aligns with my purpose and i think really that's why she wanted to work with me because she saw how driven I was and how the purpose the missions that we had were very similar. And I was on her show back in February. So she did um, get to know me through that interview too and my experiences. So a lot of change has happened <laughs> this year, some negative, but a lot of positive things have, have thankfully come out of that hard situation. Yeah. I, I can't even begin to imagine some of the things that you faced what was it exactly that led you to be expelled? Yeah, it was it was the interview that I did with Joshua Harris. And the university didn't like some of the things that I said in it about basically of me questioning um, these doctrines that we are basically told to accept at this college. And even like talking about the toxicities of fundamentalist Christianity because the foundation of Bob Jones University, it was started as a fundamentalist Christian college. So they did not like that I challenged the authority of that or questioned it. And even the, just the fact that I said I was deconstructing is such a, I guess, a danger to them. Basically, when I was expelled, they told me that because I wasn't a believer anymore, that's why I was expelled. <laughs> yeah. You get out of the situation, you are taken in, you start to go through therapy, and then you decide you want to give others the platform. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, partially because it was helping you, but also to give other folks a way to talk about what's going on, maybe bring to light this 
trauma that could be happening, bring awareness to it. What were some of those first interviews like for you kind of having to address all this that, you know, was, was clearly a, a, a big shakeup in your world? And I think for me, what made the transition easier was that before I left, I, I mean, really, I've been deconstructing since I was 17 and I'm 22 now. So it's been several years that I've been doing that. But a year before I was kicked out was when I really started digging into psychology and into my trauma and journaling and using psychology to label different things that I went through and help process that. And, you know, doing that was really, I guess validating and really helped me understand a lot of things. And I knew that I really, you know, doing it, doing the healing on my own, I knew wasn't enough that I did need to go to therapy. And I suggest for anyone who's experienced trauma to go to therapy as soon as you can. And so that helped me process a lot of it. And, you know, the reason I went on Joshua Harris's show was really to talk about a photo series I did on religious trauma. And it was a project I did in college because I was a photo major. And so I, you know, I processed the trauma through creating that series and I talked about it on his show because I wanted that platform to share that with people because I knew his audience would definitely relate to that. By the time I was kicked out, yes, it was still a big adjustment, but you know, I had already deconstructed a lot and processed. I still have so much to process still, but I had processed or at least understood what I went through and how it affected me. And, you know, it was emotionally hard to have those interviews in the beginning with people, but I think, you know, it has been very helpful for me hearing other people's stories and just thinking through my own too and thinking of things that I might've missed or forgotten. But in the very beginning, when I did it on Instagram, you know, I knew that I wanted to not just interview people from Christianity, but from all religious backgrounds, because religious trauma is something that can happen in any religion. And so I guess I also want to make people realize that this can happen in any religion. And it's not just one religion. And I didn't want to seem like I was just going after Christianity, because this is an issue that is very um, widespread in these environments. But I think the first person I interviewed, it was Isabel Pham. She survived a Buddhist cult. And it was very interesting to hear her story. And I think the powerful thing of interviewing these different people from different backgrounds is seeing the connections in all these religions and the manipulation tactics that these people use. Because when you're stuck in this environment, like they, it has this very us versus them mindset. So anyone outside of it, you see as like bad or evil or an unbeliever or falling away from the truth. But when you get out of it and you hear these stories, you realize that every group is really like that. They all think they're right. Anyone on the outside is bad and you're on the right path. You can't socialize outside of it. And, you know, those are just beginning signs of honestly a cultic environment, really. I have to imagine that given the current state of the world that we are in today that one we're going to see a lot more people who are feeling the need to remove themselves from these situations but i also suspect that you are probably also seeing an empowering of these groups to think that they're that they have a right to 
you and your mind and your life and your soul and all these different things. And I wonder how you reconcile those two things right now. I guess you would say finding that independence from that and becoming my own person. Is that what you mean? Or It's not just finding your independence and becoming your own person, but I, I have to suspect that, you know, right now, given what we have seen in recent news cycles, right? Supreme court rulings, things like that, 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 that the religious power feels more powerful, feels more entitled, uh, fears, feels more emboldened and may even feel more a desire for retribution from those who have wronged them. And so I wonder how you take on this important mission of helping those who are have dealt with trauma or who have felt abused by these institutions while at the same time, those institutions are feeling more empowered to go after people who disagree with them. You know, I've definitely made a lot of enemies <laughs> um, since telling my story, especially a lot at Bob Jones University, just, you know, for being honest about my story and what I experienced. And you know, even recently, you know, with the SBC report, with all the sexual abuse that was covered up, they don't want to examine themselves. And like I said, they have this us versus them mindset. So anyone that doesn't go along or conform, they're just seen as the enemy or pawn of Satan. So you see these terrible responses to these abuse allegations because leaders are like, you know, like, no, you're a pawn of Satan. You're hurting the gospel. Just shut up, deal with it. So they're very minimizing. And to them, to them, all this abuse doesn't really matter honestly, which is really sad because they they think of things in eternity. They think like, okay, well, so what? You were abused. Well, you know, if you're going to heaven forever for eternity, like this is this life is not a big deal. So get over it. Yeah, basically it's really sad, really awful, very emotionally, psychologically abusive. And I just, it, it just breaks my heart and like if these if these churches really do want to help people and to make the world a better place they would truly fix their systemic issues and help bring justice for people and even like the te you know jesus never taught to condemn people like that or people who were wronged and it's very just interesting to see the behavior of jesus and then the behavior of evangelicalism um in america and you know quite honestly especially for us who have escaped religion, it's been very emotionally and psychologically difficult with the Supreme Court starting to turn America really into a theocracy, honestly. And it's something a lot of people have seen coming and knew that it would eventually try to happen. And I knew it was coming. I didn't know it would come this quickly. <laughs> so it's been very, especially this, the last since Friday, like it's been very hard to just get up in the morning and to function and to realize that very soon, you know, decades and years of people fighting for rights are just suddenly going to be gone. And, you know, it's just, you know, I recently found out too that I might have the option <laughs> to move to Canada, <laughs> which I might take up, honestly, if things keep going in the direction that it is, because it's just when you're in this controlling environment and you're finally free, then all of a sudden to see that same environment extend itself in the government, it's just soul crushing, honestly, because a lot of us, we didn't really have liberty 
in these environments. We didn't have freedom. We could not really pursue happiness. We didn't have autonomy. And, you know, it's very, it's a wonderful thing to finally have that when you leave. But when you have the Supreme Court who literally wants to, you know, criminalize consenting adults having sex, wants to get rid of um, birth control, wants to get rid of same-sex marriage, and all these different things that it just really want to take away people's rights and autonomy and really right to privacy and pursuit of happiness. It's just, to me, it's just, it feels like this dark cloud <laughs> that is just rolling over America, this Christian nationalism that has infiltrated our government. I wish I could turn to you and say, no, it's not that bad, but it's, it's hard to not feel that sense when, like you said, the, the, what has happened in the world. So just for context, for people listening, right, we are recording this just at the end of June. So it's literally been just a few days since the Supreme court decided to overturn legal precedents of Roe v. Wade. And even you're seeing the, the watering down of the separation of church and state and another recent ruling that came, that came to happen. And so, you know, for those who are celebrating that, great, more power to you, right? You, you have your right to that, but what is feeling problematic for so many is that if I don't agree with you, if I'm not part of your religious sect or part of that, you know, just part of that religion itself, right? I feel like I am having my your, your beliefs imposed on me. And I can understand that frustration from so many, so many people out there. So when, is it difficult then to get people to appear on the show, given the landscape, given what they are trying to do, given that so many of them probably don't have the opportunity to, I'll say gently escape their community, their potentially even their family most yeah most people i interview have already escaped already so you know they've gotten away they're telling their stories i mean there are people who have messaged me who are still stuck in it and they're like hey like i would love to be on your show but i really need to get out of this environment um so yeah i i usually don't have guests that are still stuck in that because they want to protect themselves which you know power to them they need they need to protect um, their safety. And I probably had one person who was still stuck on in religions, but they were they remained anonymous to protect themselves. So I allow that if people want that to remain anonymous, I would do that for them. But yeah, so most people on my show, they've they've already escaped and they're on their healing journey. So you said you were gonna start doing this as Instagram live, right? Is that what you said? And then you decided podcast would be easier. So what was it about podcasting that you thought was more amenable to what it was you were trying to accomplish? I think, well, for, through Instagram live, honestly, like it just couldn't handle the long conversations we were having. And I'm like, you know, podcasts, you know, they're usually long conversations. So I'm like, why can't, you know, I'm so frustrated with these technical issues. So I'll just, I'll move to podcasting so that I can have these long conversations with people and not have these issues and give them a chance to use their voice. And, you know, it was a bit of a learning process and I'm still learning and managing different social medias and keeping up, you know, with the podcast and different things. But I think 
it's a format too, I think too, that is easier for people to listen. Like it's harder for people, I think, to watch an Instagram live video. And I think it's easier to listen to a podcast just while you're doing chores or you're driving to work. It's just more accessible, I think, for people. What have been the challenges of actually producing this content as a podcast? Removing, of course, the obviously bigger challenges that we've been talking about, which is the type of content that you are doing and and the pushback, right? Like that aside, just technically speaking, you know, what have been some things about podcasting that you've learned recently? Yeah, so I think originally, once I finally realized that, okay, like I have to transfer this to a podcast because I'm tired of these issues, I was like, how do I actually do this? <laughs> and so I really had to research. And, you know, thankfully, um, one of the staff from the Indoctrination podcast, he helped give me advice. The first issue was really money. Like, how can I afford to, you know, keep this podcast going and do it cheaply, but still have at least good quality audio for people. So um, I know you don't love Anchor FM, <laughs> but it was free and it gave that option to put it on different platforms. So that just made things easier for me. And, you know, I was thankfully able to purchase a cheaper microphone that was still useful, I think, for good audio quality. And I think too, like managing the schedule, I think, I mean, I'm naturally an organized person, but I think that was the original hurdle was like, okay, how do I organize everything? How do I book them? Um, how do I get, you know, the portrait shots I need for them, their bios or different things. And so Calendly <laughs> has been a wonderful resource for me that, you know, people can just, I put in my availability, people can book it. And it automatically, I set it up where it sends out the reminders and the links that they need to upload their bio and their photos. And then Zoom is integrated into Calendly. So automatically create that link that I need to meet with them. And so, yeah, so thankfully I've been able to set it up where it's very automated in that sense. What about in terms of producing the content itself? I mean, again, we're talking about something that is sensitive that could be triggering to to certain folks um and something that you know like we've, we've also mentioned has enemies how do you handle that or, or what have you done to overcome those things yes so i would say you know for triggering honestly i think there are certain things that still trigger me and honestly, the things that trigger me the most, I guess, is when I have Christians, still Christians who come on the podcast and talk about their faith, I guess you would say, because I get those triggers because I use the language that I heard a lot in church. So it kind of brings back <laughs> those memories and those triggers happen. Thankfully, you know, I'm able to work through those things in therapy. And, you know, I'm on a couple of medications to really help me with complex PTSD and manage that. And, you know, there have been moments where my mental health is like really bad and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I need to just take a break. Like I'm so tired. Um, I'm hearing all these stories and it's just draining. <laughs> my energy is causing all these triggers. So I had to learn really just to, there are times if I can, at least every weekend, like I try to take a break from social media, <laughs> not look at any of the news, not look at any news with cults going on. 
um, I try to finish my work for the week because I love, love, love working for the Indoctrination Podcast and working for Rachel. But doing that has definitely taken a toll on my mental health too, just seeing all the different cult stories too on there. But I think also it does keep me motivated to uh, to keep spreading awareness. And I think also it does give me comfort to hear a lot of these stories and see how empowered these people um, have been. But I mean, overall, I think the mix of therapy and medication has really helped me work through those triggers. And I think, you know, I still have a lot of processing to do. And I also think a, a lot of when I experience some part of it, I think like I'm disassociated from it. Like, you know, I tell people that I feel like the person who went to Bob Jones is a totally different person. And it's really weird how, or crazy how trauma survivors can kind of really disassociate and like forget things. Like personally, like I don't really, I don't think about Bob Jones. And looking back on it, it doesn't seem real. It doesn't, I know it happened, but it just, it doesn't seem real to me because a lot of trauma survivors live in a constant state of disassociation. So you're not present for anything. Your mind is just somewhere else completely. So you can never enjoy the present moment. And it really, I think also causes people struggle to have memories of those things because you're not in your environment, really. You're mentally spaced out. But I think hearing hearing people's stories and how they've processed things um, how have helped me cope with that. And like I said, learning to listen to my body <laughs> and my nervous system and taking those breaks that I need to to replenish and help my mental health. You've spoken about it a little bit. The you know, as part of everyone's appearance here on the show, we always like to encourage folks to give to and support a cause that is important to our guests. And today we were talking about the Trauma Survivors Foundation. You can find them at the traumasurvivorsfoundation.com. We'll have a link to that as well as all of Andrew's websites, socials, and whatnot in the show notes here today. But tell us a little bit about the Trauma Survivors Foundation and what that means to you. So I, I picked that foundation because I think it is so crucial for people to have access to mental health care because really... Um, trauma is a public health crisis that no one is really talking about. And I think especially the COVID-19 pandemic really perpetuated that and caused a lot more trauma and a lot more mental health issues. So for me, whenever I see any organizations that are using, like for this foundation that I'm um promoting, you know, they take foundation on um, donations and they use those donations really to hire therapists and train professionals to help people work through trauma. And like, it's free of charge. And to me, we don't have enough of that in America. And we really need so, so much more of that because our mental health and our physical health are, they're interconnected, the mind and body connection. And if we're going to continue, if we if we're going to thrive as a nation and as a world, people really have to learn to get the help they need and to work through their mental health issues. Because if they don't, you know, trauma is just a cycle that's just going to keep going from generation to generation until we learn to stop it. And foundations like this is something um, that can help people work through that and to break those cycles of trauma. Well, we've certainly talked about and highlighted the importance of mental health services and care and 
you know, the importance that people should be thinking about their mental health the same way they think about getting a physical every year and, and you know, seeing a provider on a regular basis. And, and we couldn't agree with you more. So again, it's the trauma survivors foundation.com. Also, if you are really, really fascinated by what Andrew is doing, you want to support him on a personal level, we'll have a link to his Patreon where you can join one of his membership levels or access some exclusive content and connection to Andrew directly. That links to that, all of his socials, his website, his show on all the different platforms, of course, will be here in the show notes. Andrew, I know this has been a very intense conversation. I know you, know, you kind of signed up for that when you were launching your own podcast, but you know, we appreciate you taking the time to do this. Before we let you go, though, any advice that you would have for somebody else who is thinking about taking their passion, their cause, their purpose, and turning it into this type of, of content? I mean, I guess I would say that, you know, for people who are kind of going and using their purpose on social media or through a podcast, um, don't don't focus so much on the numbers because that can really, I think, just stop people. Just focus on the people and really the people that you're interviewing and how you're going to impact their lives. Think of the difference that you're going to make. And if you just focus on that, I think that really will encourage you and help you to stay consistent um, with your purpose and staying active on social media and with your podcast Um to continue promoting it because I think, you know, for a lot of podcasters starting out, I know it can be discouraging because you might feel like, oh, like I'm not really reaching many people. But even if it's a small amount of people, you are making a big difference in people's lives. So I encourage, you know, if whenever you're ready or you feel like you're ready and you've processed, you know, or you have a drive or a purpose, just take it from a stance of truly like wanting to help people. And I think, you know, you'll be successful at whatever you do. Could not agree with that advice or that sentiment more. Andrew Pledger, host and creator of the Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger podcast. You can find links to him on Apple, Google, Spotify, as well as his website, his Patreon page, and the Trauma Survivors Foundation.com in the show notes for this episode. Andrew, thank you again for taking some time to chat with us here today and joining us on CrossPods. All right. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cause Pods. If you've been inspired by the work of our guest, please check out the show notes to this episode in your podcasting app or at causepods.org. There you will find links to their show, their website, their podcast links on Apple, Google, Spotify, as well as a link to support the charity that they highlighted here in this episode. You will also find at causepods.org a way to subscribe to this show on your favorite podcasting app, how to sign up to be a guest on this show, and a link to our Facebook group, which is going to have special resources just for the folks who are podcasting for a good cause. And I can tell you right now, we've got one great deal from our friends at PodPage, but you're only going to learn about it and get that special deal if you are a member of the Facebook group for Cause Pods. And before I go, I should say thank you in particular. The show is edited and produced by Ben Killoy of the Military Veteran Dads Podcast and what a great job he has done. And all this is made possible because of the great support that I receive from Shannon Rojas here at thepodcastconsultant.com. Once again, if you want to learn more, go to causepods.org. Thank you so much. And we will see you next time on Cause Pods. Mm-hmm.